Smartcast. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. On this episode of Missing the Point, we recap the NFL Divisional Round. And as we look ahead to the Championship Round, we'll focus on some of the biggest storylines coming out of the weekend. Like if Devontae Adams is the best wide receiver in the NFL after his display versus the Rams? Or could it be Stephon Diggs after yet another outstanding effort versus the Ravens? Will Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs be ready for the Bills with Mahomes' status still uncertain? And has Tom Brady cemented his place in NFL history as he advances to yet another Championship Sunday? We'll look to answer all those questions today. But first, some housekeeping. Missing the Point is a one-hour podcast recapping the biggest stories in the world of sports with a New England flavor. The show notes and transcript of today's episode can be found in the description box below, as well as on our website, www.mtpshow.com. If you're new to the show, consider subscribing. It's the easiest way to see when we publish new episodes. We are on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, and wherever you get your podcasts. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, make sure to rate the show and leave a review for a chance to win a free Missing the Point t-shirt. Be sure to follow us on all of our social medias. All of our links will be in the show notes. And check out our brand new website, www.mtpshow.com. That's mtpshow.com. And now, this is Missing the Point, episode 34. But it's all relative. Welcome, everybody, to Missing the Point. I am your host, Michael Marcangelo. As always, joined by the EP, Craig D'Alessandro, and Rayshon Buchanan, the Real BK, Bob Kelly. And today we are talking about the NFL divisional matchups that took place last weekend. We're going to preview the NFC and AFC championship game. I'm not going to ask you how you guys are. It's not really top of my to-do list, but I do. The first thing I want to say to you guys, what did we learn? What was your biggest takeaway from the divisional round games? Bobby, I'll start with you. My biggest takeaway would probably have to be, it's between either how excited I am for this upcoming championship week or the fact that once again, Lamar Jackson showed that he cannot show up in a primetime playoff game. I'm torn between those two, but I'm going to have to go with Lamar Jackson. I think it's pretty evident at this point that Lamar just is not an elite quarterback. And I think we really learned that this past weekend. I hope he's all right, though. Just preface that with, I hope he's all right. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Ray, I, I, I see you just staring at a hole through him. What's your biggest that uh, your takeaway from the weekend? 
Well, first, I'm doing well. Thanks for, thanks for asking. But no, biggest takeaway is that number 12 is going to another championship game. It doesn't matter what championship game you put him in. He just finds a way to get it there. I should say, you know, I was excited. It wasn't the best game that he's ever put together. Once again, the team he's on is going to a place of prominence. So that, that was exciting to see. Yeah, I think, you know, nine championship appearances in the last 10 years. Brady, I, you know, back in 2018, when they went to the Super Bowl with the Patriots, the, their slogan when they left was, we're still here. He still is here. And it's unbelievable. I think, you know, we've all been talking recently about this. Just to sit back and think about it. Just the greatness that we're seeing from him. Just compare it like Drew Brees was always compared to Peyton and to Tom Brady and to the other greats. And you saw Last weekend, just the overall difference between the two. One is a 43-year-old quarterback who can still zing it in there when he needs to. The other one, Drew Brees, love you mean it. I don't think he's a top five. He might be a top 10 quarterback of all time. But it felt like we were watching the last year of Peyton Manning with him, like where he just couldn't throw anymore. His mind was a lot better than his arm was. He just hadn't got there yet. I don't know if you guys felt the same way. Yeah, I completely agree with that, especially about Breeze, about Brady, too. I'll get to that. But with Breeze, it seemed like his accuracy was there. Everything was there. It's just his balls took so long to get to their targets. Like those things were just floating up there for people to take them away. When it comes to Brady, a a couple of the stats stand out most to me is I have here in this. So first one is something I said in the group chat a few times where Tom Brady at this point in his career is a legitimate top five franchise in the NFL when it comes to NFL playoff wins. Like that is something that is just unfathomable to me. Granted, yes, is he flawed? Does he have, does he miss throws? Does he have these things that you're like, Oh, maybe he doesn't have it. It doesn't matter, man. He wins games. And that's what it really comes down to. Do they have what it takes to beat green Bay this weekend? Not sure. But is this man just special? Well, you tell me, 9 out of 10 conference title games, 14 in 20 seasons, and 32 playoff wins. That is absurd. It's just levels that like you never thought you would hear about an NFL quarterback. And it's just like the fact that he keeps coming back and keeps doing this. It's like, right, I think you win that first category, man. Like, that is the takeaway from this weekend. You know what I mean? 100% when you think about this past weekend, you're right, man. It's Tom Brady. Yeah, I, I mean, you know, and me being a math teacher, a math guy, like you said, 14 out of 20. So 70% of his career, <laughs> the man has been in a position to either go to the Super Bowl or he gets there. That's, and it, it, that's a joke, man. Like, it, it's unbelievable how, how good he's been. And, you know, and, and like I said, like, like we prefaced it before, it was not his best game. Like that's what not it wasn't something where he threw for 350 yards and four touchdowns and one pick or four touchdowns and no picks, but they had to convert. He did that. So whether it was a short field, a longer field, it did not matter. He got the job done. For the most part, he's always gotten the job done. And I'm hoping next week he continues to get the job done. I will say, you know, to that point where it was not his best game, you're right. But when they needed his best from him in a few key spots, he delivered. Breeze couldn't do it. And we'll get into that game a little bit more as we talk about the full matchup. The next thing, one of the storylines going into the week were, were the Browns for real? Could they be taken seriously? So I'll ask you, Ray, based on what you saw against the Chiefs, were the Cleveland Browns 
were they a real playoff team? You know, because everyone puts aside that winning against the Steelers. What did you learn about Cleveland? What did you learn about Baker? Yeah, but they, they shouldn't put away that win. It's hard, as Cleveland knows, to make the postseason. So for them to get their first playoff win since 2002, you know, I think Kelly Holcomb was their quarterback. Like, that's a long time ago. And I was in the seventh grade. So once again, and I was I was about 150 pounds lighter. So once again, that's a long time ago. Uh, just, just saying. So, no, that they played phenomenal, you know, during, during wild card round weekend. It's amazing to me. Okay, how do I say it? I put it like this. Cleveland. Even though we know that Kansas City is the better team, you know, the dynasty is coming, you had a chance to, to hold off the dynasty for one year. Because it's coming regardless. Kansas City is coming regardless. As long as Mahomes is there, it's, it's, it's coming. But you you had a chance just to postpone it for one year. Even when Mahomes got a concussion. <laughs> you know, that you know he got that injury, and it's like, yo, you, ha- you have to capitalize on this. You have to win that game. And to let Chad Handy, who hasn't done nothing since Michigan – run and get 13 yards on a third and 14. And then, you know, I mean, shout out to Andy Reid for having the balls to throw it on a fourth and one. Cause I thought it was going to punt it and just have them go to length of the field. He's like, nah, we're ending this shit right now. And I was like, yes, yes, sir. I'm here for it. Like that, that's what's up. Um, <laughs> but no, Cle- Cleveland, Cleveland had a really good season, man. Like they definitely exceeded expectations. Kevin Stefanski is definitely the leader that team is needed. And you know they just had to keep they had to keep uh, building on what they had this season. But yeah, they definitely were a real playoff team, and you know they, they shouldn't be slighted. You know, Chase Claypool, you were wrong. They didn't get smacked. You know, keep that salt over there. It's better on the steak, anyways. But, you know, just chill. But yeah, Cle- Cleveland was real good. They was real good and unfortunate ending, but they were pretty good this year. Yeah, the the whole Chase Claypool thing to me, I thought was the most absurd. Him and Juju, just like was Juju the other one that spoke up? Yep. It's just like yo, guys, shut up. It's like you lost. It doesn't matter what (laughs) your season's over. Go home. At least, at least Claypool waits until the game's over. Like Juju says, like they're just the Browns. We don't care about them. And then they got their asses whipped by them. You know what I mean? Uh, But you, that's what I say. You can't. You cannot say that in that moment. Like, and once again, we're in the social media era. You're going to get trolled immediately when you say stuff like that. You can't do that. Like, listen, don't bring extra heat. And once again, we know Cleveland's not the Patriots or the Chiefs. So maybe they was thinking, well, we can just say this because it's not going to be bullets and board material. But either way, y'all said it. It was out there. And once again, y'all took them lightly. You know, once again, we're going back. We're going back around. But it's like you took Cleveland lightly and they sent you home. So <laughs> pack them up and send them home. Like you guys are home on the couch. You know, just like me. And, you know, I know this group as a whole is, couldn't be happier that Pittsburgh is home. Once again, we talked about them being good during the regular season. And, you know, we joked about Bobby having them down four or five spots. The Patriot fan of me, hell yeah, I wanted Pittsburgh to go down. But for content purposes, I had to say that Pittsburgh was doing well <laughs> because their record was really good. But, yeah, the, the Patriot fan of me, yeah, listen, you guys have rarely won when it matters. The last time you've been to the Super Bowl was 2010. I was a sophomore at Dean. You know, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, sounding awful on the radio. Now I'm on a podcast. I'll let your boy. But yeah, <laughs> you know, but it's just like, damn, like, you know, it's, they never get it done when it mattered. At least a lot. Least, least, ugh, I can't even talk the last six or seven years. So to go back to the Browns real quick, I, I think it's funny to me. Like, yes, they hung in this game. They were awesome. You know, they were the underdogs. They They did much better than we all thought. But only the Browns can lose to the one seed by four, five points when they're not supposed to and still have it be embarrassing. You, you know what I mean? Like, 
only the Browns would lose to Chad Henney after he comes in on, on that specifically that run that he had. Only the Browns would, would have that fumble go out of the back of the end zone and have it actually end up costing them the game. It's just as much as I love the story and everything like that, like it, you just have to point it out that, because that, that, it's just that like the helmet hit the mic. It, it definitely was. Well, but it's, still, it's still like only, that would only happen to the Browns. You know what I mean? Like it, it's just funny to me. They lose to a one seed, but here we are still talking. They lose a one seed by five points, but we're still talking about. It's the Browns, and those are the, those are the mistakes they make. Bobby, let me ask you this: then. Do, you, do you put any blame on Nick Chubb? Because to me, he had two catches that maybe could have went for a touchdown or at least helped extend the drive. And to me, those are drop killers when you don't make that play. So, how much blame do you put on Nick Chubb? I think I, I put a lot of blame on that backfield a little bit. We'll get to it once they get once we go into the game. But like the Chiefs have a really soft run defense and they have all year. And for you guys, for them to show up and barely break, actually they had a better game than I thought, but those two big plays were big two plays. You're right. Nick Chubb dropping those two were huge. I completely agree with that. They actually had almost a hundred yards rushing or like exactly a hundred yards rushing. I think it's going to be hard for us to talk a little bit about each thing and not go into the game. So why don't we just go into the game? So the first game I was on the docket, was the LA Rams uh, coming off a huge win against the Seattle Seahawks against the Green Bay Packers. We, I thought that the Rams defense would be strong enough to stop Aaron Rodgers. Turns out I was wrong. It happens more often than it doesn't. Green Bay 32, Rams 18. I think the most important part of this game, though, was Aaron Rodgers. 23 of 36, 296 and two touchdowns in the playoffs. So he washed away a lot the history there yeah he's special man he's the most talented he's one of the most talented quarterbacks i've ever seen i'll preface that was one of i know but he's the only quarterback i've seen that like he legitimately looks like he's playing games out there with defenses like he's sitting there smiling he always has this look on his face like he knows something that the defense does it and it's been a little bit more these past two years once lafar got there but yeah, uh, to see what this team did to that L.A. defense with Aaron Rodgers, it, they, they were toying with them all, all day long. It was up and down, back and forth. One point here, the Packers scored 32 points, 484 yards, which was 94 more than L.A. had in any game this season. Mm. They scored on their first five drives. They didn't turn the ball over. They did not allow a sack, and they punted twice. That is legitimate. Like and I said this to you guys, that's surgery. They were a surgical offense that day. They knew exactly what they wanted to do, and they did it. And the Rams could do nothing about it. It was absurd. TNT. <laughs> tactical. <laughs> you know, keyword tactical. That's it, that's right. right. Yeah. You know, tactical, baby. <laughs> bad, bad Boys 2 reference for everyone out there, in case yeah. you're wondering. One of the surprising things for me, too, and I'll kick it over to you, Ray, was the rushing attack by Green Bay. They ran for almost uh, 200 yards. I think it was like 100 and, uh, 187 yards. Aaron Jones, obviously, with 14 carries, 99 yards, and a touchdown. Jamal Williams, 12 carries, 65 yards. A.J. Dillon, 6 carries, 27 yards. So they beat L.A. in every single facet of the game. And I think for all of us, especially you and I, we were talking a lot about this over the last couple of weeks. Aaron Rodgers has a history of making a really good regular season run and then laying an egg in the playoffs. This time, he has home field advantage of the number one seed. And from, I don't want to speak for you, so I'll ask, when you 
saw Rodgers take the field, were you thinking like I was thinking, man, he's going to screw this up? So I think initially, you know, just, you know, I think that's just a normal way of thinking because obviously if you go back to 2012, yeah, I believe they went 15 and one and then, you know, they lost to the, the Giants in the division around. And, you know, that Rams team is kind of similar to what that Giants team was then, you know, just kind of sneaking into the playoffs and, you know, having a really good defense and then having a quarterback that's just going to do enough to get you there. You know, I mean, yes, Giants fans, Eli's better than Goff, you know, calm down, you know, keep your panties in a bunch, you know, just, you know, but it's, it's, they're, very, they're very similar. But, you know, I felt like, you know, Aaron Donald had to be, you know, he had to turn to Lawrence Taylor or Bruce Smith, and he didn't do that on 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 Saturday. You know, once that happened, it was like you know he's like 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 Bobby said, he's going to become surgical, and when he's surgical, you know, it's not Aaron Rodgers, it's, it's Doctor Rodgers, and you know, Lambeau Field became a very friendly neighborhood, <laughs> you know, for him. So I, to me, you know, once they once the once the game got rolling, I was like, yeah, he's not losing this. And once again, when you give him a running game, because like Aaron Jones is easily the best running back that's came through there. Maybe since Amon Green, or even if you want to go back to Dorsey Levens with Brett Favre, like they, well, I, well, I know he played with both of them, anyways. But I, to me, AJ Dillon, you know, Aaron Jones, and then the, the Williams kid, like that's a very good trifecta. And if you take your pressure off Rogers, you just let him run around and have that play ground style, like Bobby alluded to. It's a wrap because he's not going to lose in that regard. You know, we'll see what happens next week. But I just know if you give him a decent running game, he's going he's going to do whatever he wants to do, and that's what happened on Saturday. Before we kind of go further into the Aaron Rodgers saga and how we were all thinking about it, I kind of want to take a step back and, and talk a little bit about Jared Goff, right? Because for me, again, this guy is just a quarterback that is in the right system at the right place. That was always my thought. He doesn't have any guts. What I'll tell you is, for the second week in a row, he did not make any mistakes. 21 of 27, 174 yards and a touchdown. He put his team in a pretty good position to win, always. And it didn't happen this time. The defense didn't stand up like you thought it was going to. You know, just kind of, I know the game's just happened. What do you guys think now about Goff? Is he still their quarterback? Or do you start taking a look somewhere else? I think McVeigh starts looking somewhere else. I really do. Uh, I think he's very impressed with what happened with Goff this past week. But from all reports and everything I've heard about McVeigh and Goff and, and the relationship this season is that it's pretty much non existent anymore. When who's that other guy? I don't even remember his name. The one who got hurt last week. Oh, um, when Wolford got hurt before that game, like. Troy Aikman was talking, you know, you heard him talking all the crap about Goff, how he thought the Rams thought that, you know, they had a better shot with him. They had this. That's only because the Rams coaches told Aikman that, like, listen, we really think Wolford's our better quarterback. We think that he's our best chance to win this game. Didn't work out like that. Goff had to play both games. But I just think McVeigh is out on Jared Goff. I, I, I would be very surprised to see Jared Goff back in a Rams uniform. I guess my question would be, do you think that they think he's better for them now because Goff has that surgically repaired throwing thumb or overall? Because it would make sense to me as to why a backup would probably give you a better chance to win with a guy who can't have, who doesn't have a thumb, right? Yeah. No, that's a very good point. That broken thumb was definitely big, but I just think you expected so much more out of Jared Goff that like, I, I feel like it'd be very hard to, as a head coach, to look at the team that you have and not think someone else can bring you better success. That's just how I see. You guys know how critical I am on quarterbacks. I just don't see him being the answer 
for this team. You know, if they put all this in, they put all this time in draft picks and, and really went in to make this defense this good. If they had a quarterback that could just make a few plays for them and have, you know, instead of 21 to 27 and under 200 yards, if that's 28 of 35 for 280 yards and two touchdowns, that's a whole different ball game. You know what I mean? So like, I know that's like a really good stat for a quarterback have, but I'm just saying like, if you have a good quarterback in there, it's a whole different ball game for the Rams. So I just think he's out. Yeah, right now, I think that he's, he's Alex Smith, I feel like, you know, kind of before Alex Smith kind of evolved. Uh, yeah, that's a good one. I like yeah, that. Yeah, you know, so I, I, that, that's just where he's at. So I think that he can get there. And once again, you know, you have Cooper Cup, but Cooper Cup has always been hurt. That's the problem, you know, except for last year when he was really great for me on fantasy. So shout out to you, Cooper. <laughs> but, but, you know, him, Robert Woods, you know, Higby, you know, the, you know Cam Makers. You know, I made the joke a few weeks ago about Cam Makers turning into, you know, Eric Dickerson and Marshall Falk, you know, against, against the Patriots. Like, I'm not, yeah, was it against the Patriots? Yeah, against the Patriots. Like, it was a joke. How, and he had another great game, too. Right, yeah, exactly. So it's just like maybe they should have won some a little bit more. But, you know, maybe Green Bay was just prepared for that. But, yeah, I, I think that he could still be that guy. Once again, they've already gotten to a Super Bowl with him. And, you know, he's been on the field more than once. You know, I still think, you know, your guy down in Dallas is definitely better than both of them. You know, so when we look back at that 2016 draft, we'll say – you know, that Dak is probably the best that came out that class. And that's not, to me, that's not debatable. You know, we drove control about that all day, but barring injury, Dak tears up everybody in the NFC, really the NFL. They just have to be Did you hear that? Did you so, hear that? No, I mean, it, 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 no, it's true though. Like, like I said, we joke and we troll about shit, but it's like, we got to be let's, honest. Let's call a timeout here. So Dak, Dak tears up Patrick Mahomes. He tears up Josh Allen. He tears up Aaron Rodgers. Like that's what we're saying because they're in the NFL too. And you just said he tears up the entire NFL. Those guys don't play defense. I'm like he tears up defenses. That's what I mean. But yeah, that's what, like I said. He, he he would give all those guys a good game though. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm not saying he's not going to beat everyone. Dak, Dak with two ankles is a top ten quarterback. Yeah. <laughs> like anybody with two ankles. Let's, let's go. Let's get it. But no, but seriously, I think that I don't know who you look to replace them. My, my thing is they're not going to have a, a high pick because, you know, they made the playoffs. So they're going to be in the 20s in the first round. You know, and I know they gave up a lot to get Jalen Ramsey, too. So I don't know what they're looking to do at the QB position. But listen, just because Wolford had a nice game on week 17 doesn't mean he's the guy of the future. You know, it's no different than what a Matt Flynn has done. You know, no different than, you know, like a Matt Castle something for a few games, Jacoby Brissett back in the day. I don't put too much stock into that. I just think he'll be a decent backer wherever he goes. But God, God to me, could still start, not just on the Rams, but on, on several teams in the NFL. So we'll see what happens. I also see here that in the notes that was added under this game, is Devontae Adams the best wide receiver in the NFL? I assume that Bobby thinks that he's one of them. Can I just answer your question shortly? Yeah, go ahead. No. Who? No. Who's better? Tyreek Hill. Don't like him as a person, but he's better. Stefan Diggs. Devontae Adams is just, he's the most all-round best wide receiver because, like, there's nothing that you can do to stop this man. It, you, He can play the slot. He can play outside. He can play everywhere. I'm not saying he is the best. That's why I put a question mark next to it. I just think it's something that is absolutely up for debate, and it is between... I think it's between Diggs and Adams. I don't think Hill's – I think Hill's just really fast, and he's got a guy that can really throw the ball to him. 
Devontae wasn't even the best wide receiver on the field on his side of the on his team on 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 Saturday. He had not no don't 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 just because he had more yards, just because he had more yards, he was up against Jalen Ramsey all day. Jalen Ramsey hasn't allowed Jalen Ramsey hasn't allowed more than 50 yards against him all season. And Devontae tore, I don't want to say tore him up. Devontae had a very good game against the best corner in the NFL. Nine catches, 66 yards, and a touchdown. And that touchdown, he made him look foolish. He made him look foolish on that touchdown. That was pretty good. That was pretty good. It's very good against the competition. Somehow, you guys named all these guys, and every single one of them is great. What about DK? No, no. Hell no. That's where I was at. Not yet. Are you going D-hop? Yes. How how are y'all how, <laughs> how can we not how can we not bring him up? He's not playing. Yeah, that's why I guess. Before y'all named John J. Hopkins, like I, I just I don't understand that. It doesn't matter what quarterback you put him with. That man balls the fuck out, and I don't understand how y'all can say that anyone is better than John J. Hopkins. Like I'm sorry. Like I, I get it. Devontae Adams is he's very smooth. Like you know, part of it is because they don't always have a secondary option that's going to be you know consistent. So he catchy gets most of the. You know, most of the targets, but listen, Devontae Adams is definitely top three. I'm not debating that, but listen, it's Hopkins, man. And Tyreek Hill, he's top five, but I I can't say he's the best. He's top five, though. Like I said, to me, I put Diggs before him. I put Diggs is special, man. Like, Diggs showed me something this year. Buffalo man, I I didn't I, I knew he was good, and granted they <laughs> the guy he got to replace him. Justin Jefferson is a problem too. Maybe they're becoming a next little factory out there in Minnesota too. But yeah, to me, like I said, if Hopkins is still one. Like I said, it doesn't matter where you put him, he he's going to dominate. And maybe you put Diggs too. Um, then you go to Devontae three, and like I said I'd put Hill right there. Now, from if you're talking about just a speed, you know, speed standpoint, game future standpoint, then yes, you have to put Tyreek Hill number one because. Literally, you could put a double team on him. Like I remember the game a couple of years ago with the with the Chiefs and Patriots. Johnson Jones is one of our fastest corners, <laughs> you know, and he literally had Johnson Jones stuck in mud as he was running by. <laughs> literally on on the scene, but I was like, "Well, <laughs> we'll be lucky to get to the Super Bowl because this motherfucker is fast. Like he is gone out there, speeding Gonzalez. Like it's ridiculous. Like so, I, I listen. I get it, but I understand the fascination with Tyreek Hill. But I'm taking DeAndre Hopkins. You mentioned you, you did mention Stefan Diggs. We all mentioned Stefan Diggs in that. So I, I do want to move to the next game on the docket, which was the Baltimore Ravens going into Buffalo. Buffalo has obviously we, we know it's their first playoff appearance in, in since nineteen ninety five. The Ravens, who I called paper champions last year, meant it more this year, went into Buffalo and Lamar Jackson did exactly what we all said he was going to do. Well, I don't say we all, what I said he was going to do, what Bobby said he was going to do. He could not make the throws that he needed to make in the tight windows that he needed to make them, which resulted not only in a 101 yard interception return for a touchdown, but ultimately a loss to the Bills 17 to 3. Ray Sean, I think that you have been, especially of the, the people that are on the show right now, the biggest defender of Lamar. So I'm going to go to you first. What is what were your thoughts in this game, and was it an indictment of Lamar Jackson? Oh yeah, he let me down. <laughs> he let me down. Like there's no, like there's no, 
I can defend it now. I was very happy to see him get his first win, you know, against the Titans in, in the wild card round. You know, I think it was good to get that, you know, to get that weight off his shoulder and finally win one. Because, you know, to me, I felt like he was a little unfairly criticized because I felt like Josh Allen didn't get one to last week. Baker didn't get one to last week. You know, every every quarterback in the 2018 draft, I felt like, you know, they didn't get one. I said, we know Sam Donald ain't doing shit. So let's be real. I felt that he was kind of unfairly criticized. I felt like he kind of got put on... Uh, you know, a different path or got, you know, got called out a lot more, in my opinion. Last last week is basically what people have been talking about. So it's like the inconsistent throws, the, you know, only being counted on for your legs. But that on that pick six back to the house, that's on him. And it's about progressions, right? So when he's running out, he's scrambling. Obviously, he's easily one of the more dangerous players in open field. That's not debatable. But if they know that you're only looking for 89 in the in, in the end zone, of course, the defenders are going to flock to 89. They know you're not looking for Hollywood. You're not looking for Willie Sneed. You're looking for 89. Could I get it? Baltimore, just they just love tight ends. So whether it was Shannon Sharp back in the day, whether it was Todd Heap, I get it. That's just what they do. But as soon he didn't look them off. If he looked them off, he may have been be able to catch it, but that didn't happen. He didn't look them off. He literally threw it right to him where, you know, any one of us on here could have caught it. Yeah, you know, we might have only went about four or five yards after that catch. <laughs> we want to go the whole distance. But yeah, he like I said his, his progressions have taken a step back for sure. And I can see why folks say that he did regress. Hopefully he bounces back. But like I said, that loss, that loss on Saturday night is all him. And I can't defend that. So you, you say that he's unfairly criticized. And like I do think that Lamar Jackson is a special player. I think he's amazing. But like when you win an NFL MVP award. You are now, you're automatically going to be criticized at the level of the NFL MVP. So, like, when you think about who the NFL MVP is, you know, it's like Aaron Rodgers. It's Patrick Mahomes. It's, you think about back all these MVPs that were quarterbacks, it's like, what was the thing they could do? They could win the game on their own. It didn't matter what else happened. If you had this dude, you were winning. And, like, that's just not something that I would ever trust Lamar Jackson to do. I just think you have to have a specific game plan and a specific way you go about your game to have Lamar be that special of a player and take you that far. You know what I mean? He's not going to be Aaron Rodgers where he's going to win you a Super Bowl. That's never going to happen unless he, he rushes for 200 yards. You know what I mean? Like, as a quarterback, I just could never... I don't want to say I could never, but I could never be able to put all my trust in those baskets just because, like, I don't ever see him being able to do that. He's never going to be able to come back from a 21 nothing deficit. You know what I mean? Like, it's just not going to happen. Do you think it's consistent wide receivers? Because to me, Hollywood Brown is not consistent. No, I agree. The wide receivers do you know need work. And, and, and he was okay in New Orleans, but it's like, the well, I've seen a lot of drive passes. Even, even Granted, <laughs> I'm not, not going to say this man's the most accurate i would not make myself look that stupid on this show but he is put it in their hands or throw it you know to their chest you know you know they've dropped it this is like yo like it's bad enough that he's not the most accurate passer you can't have those moments where you're dropping passes that he's throwing on the money to you like that that can't happen you know like i said we, we saw this shit with cam so it's like you, i was you just gonna say it's cam newton gotta, syndrome gotta bro they're not expecting it you yeah know? you gotta have those moments when if he's making a good throw to you, you have to catch that. You know, and I, this is not on the on on the rundown, but I, I'll ask Mike because Mike brought this up about Baltimore. So, it, who who do you think they could bring in as a wide receiver to maybe help Lamar progress as a quarterback? Then Allen Robinson, that's the guy that you got to go. Get. I think that's a good call. 
gotta, you gotta go get him. He's a bit. He's big. He's fast. He commands the outside. He, I think he'll make Hollywood Brown's life a little bit easier. I, and I also think, just to your first point about he, him getting unfair treatment. I think him winning the MVP has a lot to do with that. Yeah. I think him winning the MVP and then going out the way that they went out last year. And then seeing that you see Josh Allen, whose completion percentage has progressive, you know, has gone up over the last three years. I think it went up 10, 10% between last season and this season. And you, if you look at Lamar Jackson, he was a 66 completion percentage last year. It went down this year. So he now I, I I do think that the talent as far as wide receivers is different, right? It, I think I would throw ten percent better balls if I was known as Stefan Dix. I think that's just true. But you have to take better care of the football, and you have to be able you have to be able to make the decisions quickly in the postseason and decisively. And I think that's one of the things that I really hurt Lamar. But now look, listen, he gets Allen Robinson. That's a new game. Right, because they have they have the rushing attack with him with Dobbins, and they can and, and they have an outside deep threat. That that's a hard offense to game plan for. Yeah, it, I think it go. So it's kind of like what happened with we bring up Josh Allen. We'll go good segue over to him. It's like it's kind of what happened with him this year. You know what I mean? Like we say, Stefan Diggs last year. What was the criticism of Josh Allen? He didn't have it when it came down to those last two minutes. He wasn't the guy that you could rely on as a quarterback. But guess what? You put Stefan Diggs over there, suddenly Josh Allen looks a lot fucking better throwing that fucking football. You know what I mean? Like, it's a whole different ballgame. So I do think that there is a path where Lamar can be successful. I don't ever want to say that's not his thing. I just think that in the current state that he's in, in the current team he's in, it's just something where he's going to be unfairly criticized. A, he won MVP, so they expect a lot more of him when it comes to who he is as a quarterback. You just expect a lot more of quarter of MVP winning quarterbacks. You know, what I mean? that's like a different echelon that you've now reached. No, yeah. that's fair. Yeah. I'll put it that way. Personally, I think they should go get Julio Jones. Ooh, that's a good one. Too. That'd be he, beautiful. That says on another thing I was on. I, I feel like he screams Baltimore to me. I feel like just. He, he could be what Anquan Bolden was when he got there. And I think that, to me, you know, that, that big possession guy who could still outrun somebody if you need him to, Grant, I would love to see him in New England. But, you know, if we're going to be objective, uh, to me, I think I could see him be in a Ravens uniform. I think, to me, he'd be the perfect guy to mentor Hollywood Brown. Robinson, I didn't think about Robinson, so that's a good – that was a good name drop there. But, yeah, I think Julio would be perfect in Baltimore – you know, hey, you know, call up them boys down there and say, hey, you know, you know, Julio, come on, come on back up to, to Landover. Come on, not Landover, that's what Washington plays, but come I, don't, to like, I don't know what his cap hit is. I assume it's, I assume it's large. I assume his salary is ridiculous. Yeah, um, it is, but so is his play. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, you know, the next thing though is when he's still, when he stays on the field, he's moving, he's moving into probably the end of his prime for a wide receiver. Is, is that fair to say? Yeah, yeah, he's 31. You know? And injuries ha- have started to creep up a little bit more. So I think for Lamar, so leg injuries too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't, yeah, you don't like leg injuries for a receiver. I think for you know for Lamar, he needs a young stud, you know, like an Allen Robinson. That's a little bit of a less cap hit. But for me, you know, what also would be interesting because I think that this wide receiver really just flourishes in chaos would be like a Will Fuller. He is someone that again when he can stay healthy, that when. Lo- he doesn't love running routes. He runs straight or runs a deep post. But when Deshaun scrambles, he always looked for Will because he knew that he'd just be following him. So that's a good kind of wide receiver combo that you'd want there. The w- next thing I want to talk about is Josh Allen. 
I think we all had such unrealistic expectations for this game, right? We're talking about it in our group chat. DK, Joe and I talked about it last week, that this is going to be chaos on the field. It did not live up to that. But Josh Allen, again, 23 of 37, 206, a touchdown. No picks. That's the difference, right? He did not make any crucial mistakes. And for what it's worth, the offense of the Bills was pretty anemic. When you really think about it, Allen throws her 206, 106 of those yards are to Diggs, right? So he throws for 100 yards elsewhere, and the team collectively rushed for 32 yards on 16 carries for two yards a carry. So if they play like that this week, which we'll talk about, they're not going far. So what were your thoughts and your feelings on, on the Bills, Bobby, and how they performed? So to me, it, it, the biggest question with them is, was it like we saw when wreaking havoc that entire game? Any There was one direction the teams were going that just like if you were kicking a field goal that direction, you were doing anything that direction, you were toast. So to me, it was like, is that is that the bigger issue? Was it the wind? causing havoc on the offense and it caused havoc on everyone, which is why we saw the 17 to three score. Or is this actually something that we need to worry about the bills? I, I want to lean towards the wind because of what we've seen the whole, you know, whole season is this team has just been electric week in and week out, no matter what, but I, I'm not sure. I, I'll tell you what, if they show up like this next week, they're in trouble for sure. For sure. I agree with you there, but I, I, I don't see it. I don't see it. I think that it really was just the wind. I think Josh Allen is special. And I think them getting Zach Moss back is going to be a big thing because as much as I love Singletary since I traded him for him in my Dynasty League, he's not the answer. He's really not. And that's pretty evident. He's not good. And Zach Moss adds a different element to that rushing game. So I think he's big coming back. But yeah, it it was surprising to see them struggle. It really was. Because I expected it like you guys. I thought this was going to be a high-scoring electric game. That's just not what we got at all. I think as fans, Rayshon, I'll let you go after this too. I think as fans, we get baited into this every year, right? There's always that one matchup every year in the playoffs where we see these two dynamic offenses with mobile quarterbacks that can also sling it. And we just think to ourselves, man, this is going to be something like 27-24 and it's going to be nuts. And it's always 17-3. It's always 10-3. It's never what we think it's going to be. So haven't we learned that in, in the playoffs – defense gets a little bit better for every team that's in there. For whatever reason it is, unless you play the Chiefs, it it, it gets a little bit better. The one thing that I want to ask you about this game, Rayshon, how does Josh Allen's stock improve or has it for you based on what you've seen so far in the playoffs? And most importantly, in this game where they it was a home game, they needed to win, they did it. Well, no, you know, the, the credit goes to Craig and I, you know, Craig, Craig and I talked about early in the year that Buffalo was going to run the AFC East. And we basically said because it was going to be because of Josh Allen. I, I actually said I, I'm on the sports page called Sports Nation Primetime Online. <laughs> and uh, a couple of years ago, when actually it was the game after Josh Allen had against Minnesota, where he hurdled somebody to get a first down. And I, I said, oh, shit. I said, we, we're, we're in trouble once Brady's out of here, because I said, that guy's going to run the division. And I got laughed at, man, oh, man, Brady's there. What, Patriots going to I'm, – I'm telling you, <laughs> when number 12 leaves, number 17, that guy in Orchard Park, that guy's going to run the division. And lo and behold, that, that's what's happening. No, he, he hasn't changed anything in my mind because I thought that he was going to be good, and that game changed it for me. Now, like I said, Bobby was right, you know, because I know Bobby talked about last year – you know, him making like behind the back passes and, you know, doing laterals that just didn't make any sense. 
and once again, that's part of the maturation process, right? Like we do, you do mm-hmm. some things. Like I love the touchdown pass he caught last year in Houston on that end around. That was that was awesome. But you know, to me, he's tough. You know, he's he's he looks like someone that, like I said, he, he could throw it a mile. So no, the, the, the stock didn't change for me. Like I, I think that he's just going, he's, he's going up. And I think that the AFC and really the NFL you know, better watch, better watch out. Cause like I said, that dude to me is lethal and he's only going to get better. Moving on to the first game on Sunday, we had the upstart Cleveland Browns coming into Arrowhead stadium to take on what we all believe we are witnessing is the, the middle of a dynasty, the beginning and the middle of a dynasty, right? When Kansas city and Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas city chiefs, this game had all the makings of a blowout. The, th- the things that, that Mahomes can do on the field, that offense can do on the field, Andy Reid is always good at coming off of a bye. Always. And he's a, historically a terrible clock uh, game time manager and clock manager, but he wasn't this time. In this game, you saw Patrick Mahomes go down, and Chad Henney comes in and saves the day for Kansas City 22-17. We talked a little bit about this you know, earlier in the show. Bobby, to you first. What are you most impressed by? Chad Henney or Andy Reid's fourth and one call? Oh, wow. That's a fucking tough question. <laughs> I, I want to say Andy Reid's fourth down call just because of how much balls it really took. Listen, uh, Chad Henney was awesome. That run was awesome. But he was still Chad Henney. You know what I mean? He still made some mistakes and he still made that interception that he threw was just beyond atrocious there was there was no one even close to where he was throwing the ball so as much as that was awesome man that fourth down call i everyone here knows how much of a tony romo fan i am i've never heard this man so flabbergasted in my entire life like he lost this he's like there's no way they're snapping it from a shotgun fourth and they snapped it (laughs) <laughs> that whole sequence was amazing. Yeah, and that, that took some brass balls by Andy Reid, for sure. It would be one of those things where if he didn't get that and Cleveland won that game, he would go down in history for that call. But they did. Here we are. They won. I also think like calling the game as if Mahomes is still in it, that shows you how much trust he has in the guys out there because that's what that was, right? That was a – if Mahomes is in the game, fourth and one, that's that's the exact same play that they're going to run. You know, Chad Henney threw an awful duck, but he still was 6 of 8 for 66 yards in that long punt or interception. I think for me, the star of the game, it had to have been Tyreek Hill. Again, eight catches, 110 yards. The guy is, you just can't catch him. You know what I mean? He's going to be so hard to cover, regardless of who you put on him. I think if Mahomes is healthy, this the final score of this game is a little bit different because we did see, as you know, I think Rayshon kind of was pointing out, there was a little bit of a fumble by, by Higgins that for me, and I think Rayshon said it in the chat, that's ball game. That's game over. If you can't score that touchdown, if you can't make that play, like you're not going to win. So based off of what you saw, let's go for from post that moment. Because I know that at, at that moment you said, game's over. What did you learn about Cleveland after that? How did they fight back? Did they make you a believer in them? Talk to me. Well, <laughs> I almost I almost had to eat crow because, you know, <laughs> they got that touchdown. And I'm like, oh, like, I think Bobby pulled, like, the lead course line, like, not so fast. I was like, damn, like, you're right. Like, they, they're about to come back. But then 
you know, they did what they do, man. You know, it's like, you know, once again, once see to me as a competitor and granted, I know because I was, I had a conversation with my roommate about this. Cause he was like, man, like, you know, I want to, I'd rather beat Mahomes. I'm like, yo, duh. Like, of course you want to beat Mahomes, but I'm like, yo, this is a playoffs. Like this is a chance to go to the ABC championship game. And he goes down and you still lose. Like that's unreal to me. Like the moment that he went down, <laughs> like, the Cleveland Browns should have felt the same way Craig felt, and they should have been jumping for joy that, you know what, it's our time to win this game and let's seize the opportunity. And they didn't do that. So whether it was drop passes, whether it was, I think, the play – actually, the matter of fact, the drive right after the quote-unquote punch slash interception, they did nothing on that drive. And it's like, yo, like, that can't happen, bro. Like, you, that cannot happen. So you cannot have Jarvis Landry. You cannot have Harrison Bryant – David and Joke, uh, Joku, you know, Chubb and, and Hunt and, and, and also the Hooper. And it's like, you know, Kareem Hunt. Oh, OK. I have to be had to choose my words wisely here. You came into this game talking about it was personal. Said it was personal. You know, they let me go. You know, you kicked somebody, you know, you kicked a woman. Just put, put it out there, call it what it is, you know, but you couldn't kick shit on the field. <laughs> couldn't couldn't kick no game if, if, it, if it ran in front of you, big fella. And that's a shame. It's, it's unfortunate because you called it personal, talked all that trash before the game when you got on the field and we didn't hear about you to the third quarter. That's unfortunate, you know? Your connections sometimes, man, are just... It's, 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 they're, it's just, just, it's, they're just yeah. next level. It's great. I wish he had a connection on Sunday. Maybe it would be a little different, but it's, it's, just, it's, it's unbelievable what, what happened. But no, listen, Cleveland does, man. It's just like, you know, it's, it's unfortunate. But like I said, from that fumble, really, I said, really, really should have been called a helmet to helmet. Like, I, I just don't understand how that... Like, once again, had that been a chief receiver, they would have called that shit. And that's what gets me upset. They look out, because once again, as Patriots fans, we've, we've got players on our side too. So like, I get it. But when you are favorite, they look out for you. That's just how it goes. I'm sorry, whether it's Green Bay, New England, uh, New Orleans at times, Indianapolis at times, when you are the favorite, they look out for you. So, like, I'm surprised it wasn't a flag called for the Mahomes head either. Like, I'm surprised. Like, well, Yeah, that's the way it goes. You know, when when you're the underdog, you got to be perfect. And you're not going to get the breaks that that, that team get. You got to be perfect, man, 100%. But so that rule, though. So I do want to I, I want to. I want to talk about that rule a little bit because, like, to me, I think that's the dumbest rule in football. That if you fumble the ball and it goes out of the end zone, the other team gets the ball in the 20 and you fumble it at the one. Like, that's the only place on the field that that happens. And I just think that it's like, I I don't know. I I don't know what the solution is, whether you just give it back to him at the one yard line, whatever the case is. But like to me, fumbling out of the back of the end zone like that when you're stretching for the pylon should not give the other team the ball in the 20 yard line. You know what I mean? That's just it's so crazy to me. That's still the rule after all the times you've seen this happen that this is just just hold on to the ball. I know. But like then you can't then you can't make the pylon gold. You know what I mean? Right. Pylon is gold, and you can just reach the ball out and tap it. Like, you, I don't know. I don't know. Hey, no, I, I, no, I, I agree with you, Bobby. Like, Mike just wants to be a dick and say otherwise. But no, I mean, I, I, I agree with you. <clears throat> but in, in, in another essence, like if you're going down to the one yard line, you see there's a defender coming near you. You should a always try and and do whatever you can do to make a play. I get that. Put your team in the best chance to win. I understand that. But also have faith in your team. That maybe if you go down at the one-yard line because you're securing the football, you don't want to cough it up, you have the faith in them to score a touchdown within the next four tries. So you should be thinking about that in that moment. 
You that close to the end zone, you think, man. You know, I think first thing you think about, first thing you think about, first thing you think about, Ray, is you protect, is you score a touchdown. Second thing you think about is you better protect the ball when you're doing so. And he didn't. He got laid out. He got hit in the head. Like it's not like I, I just if he got hit in the leg, I'd be like, all right, cool. You know what? That's I got you. He got laid out, Mike. And then you want to say <laughs> he got flatlined at the two yard line. Like it wasn't like it wasn't a regular hit. He got his ass laid out. That's what happened. Like that's once again, I I, I hear you, but I'm with you, Bobby. Like that rule is dumb. <laughs> and if anything, you want to put it back at the one or two yard line or where he fumbled it. Cool. I'm fine with that. But just don't to me, you're basically rewarding the other team. When that happens, once again, we saw earlier this year with, you know, you know, Craig's favorite Patriot, Nikhil Harry, <laughs> like, you know, he, he fumbles. He was basically untouched. Right. And I'm, I'm just like, I was like, oh God, you know, and, and it's just like, you know, if that ball, if that ball goes out three inches forward, it's at the one yard line and they have three more chances to run. You know what I mean? So like, what's, I, I don't know, man. Like I'm, I, 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 I hate it too, man. I hate the rule. I hate it. It should. They want to change everything else. Change that shit. Then talk about that with the the competition committee over the over the summer, and just say, hey, we got to change this rule. I want to make sure that we have enough time to talk about the the Brady and Breeze showdown and preview the, the matchup. So I'm just gonna. I want to ask you guys a question. I want 30 second timer on each of you. Right. I, I'm gonna keep a mental note here, and I'll cut you off based on what you saw this season and in, in in this game. Does Baker Mayfield deserve a long term contract in Cleveland? Bobby, you're on the clock. Yeah, absolutely. He, even just for the precedent of what he's done with this team, you know, he's not what everyone thought he was going to be. He's not the most electric quarterback. He's not Patrick Mahomes. He's not that level. But the fact that he brought the Cleveland Browns to their first playoff victory and appearance since becoming a franchise, like the team owes him that. I think that he played up to that contract to me getting him there this season losing obj and going through the adversity that they did especially against the steelers with stefanski out and they still come back and win yeah here in that contract they lost in the most browns way to the number one seed that i could imagine but yeah he deserves a contract for sure right 30 seconds yeah, I mean, he definitely does. Now, obviously, he's not getting what Lamar, you know, Mahomes would get, obviously. But can you give him what Jimmy G got a couple of years ago, which is like five years, 135 with like 102 guaranteed? Sure, why not? You know, he, he's done a really good job there. He's gotten better each year. So and it's amazing how much better he got when OBJ went on the sidelines. I definitely think he should be there for the long term. Called it. The game that I think that we all were really looking for forward to this weekend, I know I was personally, I have a personal connection, a heartfelt connection to this game, was the Tampa Bay Buccaneers going into the, the Superdome and going against Drew Brees and the New Orleans Saints. There was all the reports coming out pregame that this could be and will very likely be Drew Brees' last stand in New Orleans. Right, New Orleans had beaten Tampa Bay twice this year. Brady did not look good in either of those games. So, Tom Brady, in this game, 18 of 33, 199 yards, two touchdowns, no picks. He made a couple bad throws, and he also rushed for a touchdown. When you needed him to be the GOAT, he was the GOAT. Bobby, what did you learn in this game? Did it meet your expectations? Did it exceed them? Did it, I mean, fall short? You tell me. So, I think it met them. I don't think it was... I think in the first half of this game, it was very evident that the two quarterbacks that were playing were definitely over 40 years old. I, I don't think there's any doubt about that, but it was a great game. 
I loved every second of it. I have to say I loved the added wrinkle of this is Breeze's last game and the New Orleans Saints were going all out to win this game for him and they still couldn't pull it off. I, I just think it, it really just goes to show you that like, yes, Brady didn't have the most amazing game, but when the turnovers got made by the Saints, the Bucks capitalized every single time. Brady knew he had that short field to work with. He knew what he had to do and he got it done. It was like we saw the most stereotypical Brady performance to me. You know, like yep. I, I've been, I've, so I'm going coming up on my Facebook posts, all these things, all these memories. I've been seeing things that like the Patriots and Brady, he's never been amazing. You know what I mean? That's what like I think people forget is like this dude hasn't always been electric. He's one of the guys that just like you don't know why he just wins and like his stats aren't great. When you watch him, you're like, oh, maybe he missed that throw. He missed that throw. But, like, they still win, and he still, when it matters, he makes the throws. Like, that Mike Evans throw, that was such an amazing throw in the end zone. Then there is the quarterback sneak where, like, he doesn't just quarterback sneak. He finds a seam. You know what I mean? You see him do it. Like, he snaps it, he steps back, he finds where he has to go, and he does it. He's the best I've ever seen at it. It's just, like, these small things that he does that take away from anything negative that he does and brings him to this next level and allows them to win this game. I, I will say, before you go, Rayshon, Brady got lucky twice in this game, right? That out route that he threw on the sidelines that was a pick six in the first game, was it was this close to being a pick yeah. six again. And he threw he threw what would have been an interception, but the, the defender only got one foot down. It was a sideline fade, whatever. He wasn't perfect, but to your point about he was never great, Brady, for the overwhelming majority of his career, whenever you needed him to do something, he did it. And he never cost his team. When I say never, I don't mean always. That's a bad choice of the word. But overwhelmingly, he never was the reason that they lost the game. So for Ray, I know, you know, we've both been kind of saying, you know, we want Brady to, to do well. So when you're watching this game, you're seeing what you're seeing. The first question I want to ask you is pretty specific. When you compare Brady to Breeze in this game, is there any doubt who the better quarterback is? No, but it wasn't any doubt beforehand. Even when they lost the two games, I'm like, I'm still taking Tom Brady over Drew Brees. Like, I, I love the meme that you sent me where, you know, it was from WrestleMania 24. It was that match between Shawn Michaels and Ric Flair. And, you know, you see Shawn Michaels saying to Ric Flair before he kicks his, he kicks his, uh, you know, kicks him in the face with the switch in music. He's like, I love you. I'm sorry. <laughs> and he, he just ends the day, you know, it depends on one, two, three. And that that's exactly what, what happened. That's exactly what it was. You know, like I said, to me, I know some people who firmly believe that Breeze was better than Tom. And like, oh, if you put him in 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 New, in New England, you know, he would do the X, Y, and Z. And I'm like, once again, this is proving that you can't just put anybody into a system and just think that they're going to do, you know, X, Y, and Z. But listen, man, listen, I, I, it didn't change anything for me. I, I'm riding with, with Brady always. And, you know, to me, this performance really reminded me of actually his first Super Bowl against the Rams. Yep. It was like 16 to 27, 40, buck 45. And then, you know, like a touchdown, right? So not something that's going to overwhelm you. But once again, you know, the pass to Redmond, the pass to, to Patton, you know, when you need him to make a play, just like he did early in his career, now he's more of a game manager, I feel like, even though he's still putting up big numbers, he he, he just finds a way. So once again, not going to always put up the 450 yards, you know, three touchdowns, no interceptions. But when you need him to make a play, you know, he would have had another one if God wouldn't drop it. You know, Bobby pointed that out. Um, I was like, "Oh, he does just drop passes, man." How do you drop? 
that. He, he has made some really good plays though. But he has, he has. Um, he do- it, it, it was like, damn, like you, you're too good, bro, to keep dropping these type of passes. And like, and you know, you know, Brady gets, you know, when he gets when he, when he gets frustrated, yeah, he gets pissed. You know, and I, I would just, I'm like, damn, I might catch that man. I wanted, I, like, I wanted to blow out, <laughs> blow them out. Like, I, I, I wanted the smoke show. Like I said, it, to me, it, it reminded me of his first performance in the Super Bowl. And like I said, it, it wasn't spectacular, but just whatever he, he needs to do in order to make the play, he's always going to. I also want to point out that Rob Gronkowski dropped and was hit in the hands in the end zone twice and dropped. The, the, the one, the one where he, lay, the one where he laid out. If he catches, that's a great catch. That's not a, that's right. Not that's, a, that's, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah, I'm like that was kind of that was that was kind of out of its reach a little bit. I was expecting to see what I saw in the AFC Championship game a couple of years ago from Gronk, kind of just that kind of that last stand. Who knows? You might see it next week in Green Bay. Stay tuned. But, you know, I but I just to me, well, he's coming back next year. So it's already yeah, out there. Yeah, he's not going anywhere. Yeah, yeah he's, he's coming staying. back next year. He's he's gonna play. He's gonna play with Brady for as long as Brady plays. And I and I'm and I'm I'm here for it. I'm completely <laughs> here for it. Just, you know, just keep going. Keep running the NFC South. Keep going through everybody. I just I just wanted to be real clear here for all those that are listening. I am a Tom Brady fan. I'm rooting for Tom Brady to win the Super Bowl. I am not rooting for Rob Gronkowski because of of the way that he left. And I know that there was a we the Patriots did a lot of things bad to him. This is not a, this is not a Patriots conversation. But for him to not for him to wait till free agency had started to declare that he was retired so that we could not get Jared Cook that hurt us. It hurt Brady that year that he was here without him. So like. I hope he's okay. If he wins, it's, I'm not rooting for him, but it's fine. Though I do want to ask you, though, Bobby, Drew Brees, what you saw of him this year in this game. I know that he fractured 11 ribs. He punctured a lung. The fact that he came back in four weeks is a testament to the competitor that he is. That being said, did he hang on a year too long? Yeah, I think so. But that's a tough question, though, because – Yes, he did. <laughs> Only well, asking so, so, questions. Well, fair enough. That's why you're here. So he did hang on too long because I just think that like the the breeze we got this year, and even the breeze we got last year, is like yeah, they were hanging on to this last thread of hope of of winning a Super Bowl with this core that they had because this team has been through a lot together. You got to remember the heartbreak that this team has been through over the last four or five years. They've lost on the last play in the playoffs. Was it three years in a row now? There was the digs. There was Rudolph last year. I think there was one the year. Oh, the the pass interference against the Rams. So that's three years in a row where they, they just went through total heartbreak. I think if he had a run like this last year, I think you see Breeze walk away last year. But because of the heartbreak and everything like that, it's, it's really hard to blame him for coming back. But like, I think it was pretty blatant that it's the opposite of what from Tom Brady. You know what I mean? Like you look at these older quarterbacks in history and it's like, they always have that one season where you're like, man, they really, they were struggling that year. And it's like breeze. That was this year. Tom Brady's the exact opposite where he's just better and better. Keep bringing it back to him. But like, it's just like, that's where I keep going. Cause it's like, this dude is at the end of his career. He's two years younger than Brady and he looks 10 years older than him. And he's playing 10 years older than him. And then you have Brady, who's 43 now, right? 43? Yeah. And, and just playing some of the best football of his career. So, I don't know. Now, for, I think, one of the, one of the other questions that we can kind of discuss and pose here, is Tampa Bay's defense legit? And I think it is. I'll, I'll, I'll throw it to you, Rayshon, first. The reason why I'm going to say yes is because they give up a, what was it, a 75-yard a uh, punt return where the New Orleans gets it down on the, what's it, the 15-yard line? And they hold him to three points. 
that no, so, so Drew Brees can't throw 15 yards down the field. We know that. But in the red zone, he can still make those throws. The field is shorter. He has a lot of weapons. They held Michael Thomas to uh, – was it – it was zero. Yeah, he caught as many passes as I did on Sunday. So my question to you, Ray, is this defense legit? Was it – was this game their coming out party? And does it give you more confidence in them going into next week? So I, I wouldn't say they're legit. I think they're opportunistic. So kind of like how Kansas City's defense was last year. You know, I'm not saying that means they're going to win the Super Bowl. But I just I think that, you know, if they make plays when they need to. They're really good against the run for sure. I think they can get burned in the passing game. I've seen it. I remember that Chiefs game. And my God, Tyreek Hill had 200 yards in the first quarter. <laughs> the first quarter. And I was just like, yo, like, this is insane. Like, <laughs> out of control. <laughs> so, like I said, passing-wise, I just I don't think that they're – that good, but for, from a run deep, from a running standpoint, I think they're really good. And you know, obviously, you know, the dumb can still run, you know, make, makes that go on the front seven. So, yeah, from you know, running wise, sure, but like I said, they're opportunistic, like they're not someone that's going to shut you down forever, but they'll, they'll make plays when they need to, as they did last week. And you know, hopefully, that would be enough. Excuse me. Yeah, it's so funny that's where you went with that. Sorry to cut you off, Mike, but so it's so funny that's where you went with that because that's literally exactly what I was thinking. Is like their run defense. 100% legit. Their linebackers, 1,000% legit. Levante, David, Devin White, and Shaquille Barrett, those three are probably the best linebacker core in the NFL. They're up there. And Jason Pierre-Paul. He, and, and, Pierre, right, right, and Pierre-Paul, right. Exactly. Like their, their front seven is unreal. And then they got Golson and Sue on the line. So they have a really good front seven. To me, what stood out is, you know, like you say, the secondary is the flaw. Winfield Jr. and Murphy Bunting, those two played out of their mind this past week. So those two stood out to me. If they can show up next week, they have a chance against the Packers, for sure. To to be fair, did they play out of their mind, or did they take advantage of a guy who couldn't hit his receivers down the field? Because that's not going to happen this week, right? Mm -hmm. They're they're, going to go against a guy that, that with the flick of a wrist, can throw the ball 50 yards. Still, you have to double Dante. You have to. And it was a a banged up Michael Thomas, too. We can't forget that. Is that reports came out saying that he needed surgeries and everything? Well, I I hate that. Like, listen, me too. I know it's very hockey, it's very Bruins. Like, this guy played with 14 broken ribs. Yeah, Mr. Five Yard Slant, you got shut down. So it it went from OHIO to OHNO because, oh no, I can't believe we lost another playoff game. Um, it, 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 it doesn't make sense, but yeah, better luck next year, Mike. See you later. But uh, yeah, man, like I said, they're opportunistic, like I said. And I, I think that, you know, listen, we got, we're going to, we have to get into this because we, you know, we're <laughs> running out of time. But I think that you have to, yeah, God, why can I not talk tonight? You have to double Devontae. So just like how I'm tongue twisted, they're going to be twisted next week if they don't double Devontae Adams. One last thing before we get into that. Uh, there was a moment after the game between Tom Brady, Drew Brees, uh, you know, Father and Son moment. <laughs> yeah, on, on the field. I think a lot gets lost on, you know, especially here. Brady is this weird guy now. He's been weird for a while with Alex Guerrero and all of his TB12s and his cacao and his avocado ice cream. I get it. It's working for him. Sure. But when you see a moment like you did after the game with Breeze and his family, it does remind you of just the decent guy that we all knew, you know, way back when he first was here. And that he probably still is. Listen, he's just a weird guy. I don't think he's a bad human being. I think that the moment that you saw between those two after is something that you should really go back and watch again because Drew Brees isn't a top five, but he's a top 10. 
and and I'm talking all time. And to see that moment between those two, it was it was I think it was something to it was something to see, some something to cherish too, because you don't get a lot of that in the NFL anymore. So you know, I I completely agree. That moment to me was so special. Like you, you just see these two on the field is like we just saw literally the most storied, maybe the most accomplished. This week might beat it. Uh, I put that before, but the most accomplished quarterback matchup in the history of the NFL is what we just witnessed. You know what I mean? These two are two, literally the two greatest quarterbacks that have ever faced each other in the playoffs. And for them to have that moment at the end, like it just made it. No, it just who, but Manning. like, I still think it's, I, I still think you have all right. Manning breeze. You're right. You're right. One Manning of the most, you're right. Manning no, you, you're right. Manning. That's what I meant. What did I say? Manning breeze. It was all Super right. Bowl, but it was fine. But yeah, Manning Brady, a hundred percent. So, God damn it! Now you just ruined everything I was saying. It's okay because, <laughs> because in reality, what you were saying wasn't real because this week's matchup, which we're going to talk about right now, is better. I think it's better, and it's obviously you know Tampa, the Buccaneers are going up to Lambeau Field. Some call it Lombardi Field, and they're going to play the Green Bay Packers at three o'clock. At three That's o'clock, nice throwback right there. That's yeah, good. Throwback. Show tall. notes. Um, what? Well, all we've been hearing right now. So I think right now this game is a three and a half point favorite. It's in favor of the of the Packers. They're home, so it's basically a pick 'em. In this game, for me, what Tom Brady needs to do to win, I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna pose this to you guys too. I'm gonna try and keep this as short as possible, right? For me, Brady needs to not be 07 Brady. He needs to be 04 Brady. He needs to make the smart throws uh, to the open guys, not try and force anything and not try and out throw Aaron Rodgers. If he does that, he's going to lose. I think he has more weapons, but I don't think he, he doesn't have the arm. So just play the smart game. Cause it, it's, it says right here in my notes, what does Brady need to do to win? Don't make a mistake and don't try, like I said, an out throw Mahomes, but in, in this game, Aaron Rodgers. So for you, Bobby, seeing as you wrote this down, what does Brady need to do to win? So what Brady, So I just think it, it comes down to can Tom Brady – do the Buccaneers have the game plan to beat this team? That's when we see the Buccaneers lose. That's when we see them go down dark holes. That You're like, who is this team that we're watching when they don't have a specific game plan or you see them get away from who they are within that first quarter? If we see the Bucs come out and we see them have – that first drive that we know Brady always gets. We see them have a, you know, an absolute commitment to either going with Ronald Jones, Leonard Fournette, actually having something that they think is going to work against this team. I think we're going to see a great game. I think the biggest thing for this team is for them to stay in it in that first half. If the Packers get away in that first half, it's going to be ugly for the for Tom Brady and the Bucks. Or it'll be another playoff comeback by Tom. Yeah. You really can't. It's a hard. It's a hard thing to predict, right? Because you always want to say, "And Ram, I'm going to go to you next." Like you never want to. You never want to fall behind. Yeah, no shit, Sherlock. That's sports. You never want to lose. But Brady has a pretty okay track record of falling behind in the first half and coming back. It's pretty good. I think he. I don't know this uh, for a fact, so I just want to put a little asterisk next to it. I think he is the all-time leader in comeback and come from behind wins. I think could be wrong. But what we can have someone fact check me. You can find me on Twitter. Ray, for you, what is Tom Brady and what do the Buccaneers need to do to win this game? And, like, do you think they're going to? It's funny. I actually don't think they are going to win the game. I want to be wrong. But I just, I just think that Aaron Rodgers is on – he's on another level right now. And it's hard It's hard to 
it's hard it's hard to put into words how good he's been and how good he could be on Sunday. But I, I think that Aaron Rodgers is going to outdo him. But I disagree about you having to be, you know, or Brady having to be 04 Brady. I want 07. I want him to sling that shit all over the field. Sling it to Mike Evans, sling it to Godwin, sling it to Gronk, sling it to, to Scotty, to Heidi Miller. Just go, just go, just go. I, I want that. And I, I, if, if you're going to go down swinging, like, I, I don't want to, don't play it safe. Screw all that. Don't, don't listen to him, uh, Tom. Sling that shit all over the field. <laughs> go, go for 40. Go for going Drew Bledsoe with it. Yeah. Go, yeah, Screw go that. Sling that yeah. shit. Sling that shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm sorry. Like, I, I, I don't want to play safe. This is not 04 Brady. You know, once again, 04 Brady had to do that because when you're only throwing to Patton and Givens, or really just Givens at that time, and Deion Branch, like, okay, you have to play it safe. This that receiver core is not this receiver core. So you can do whatever you want to do. Hell. The four of us could go out there behind behind center and maybe get 150 to 175 yards with that <laughs> with those receivers. Oh my god! And I forgot my guy Antonio Brown. Now, granted, he's a little he's a little injured right now, so I don't know how he's going to be next week. But you know, man, he get a chance to go to the Super Bowl. Hopefully, like listen, sling that shit, Tom. Do what you need to. Do. Don't listen to Mike. Don't go 04. Go 07 on him. But win. But win. But win. <laughs> right. So that's why I said 04. Remember, because they won 07, they didn't. Yeah, I, I know. Well, I, I do. I, I do. Before you go, Bobby, I would be remiss to, to not do this. I know where I've turned over a new leaf. I'm trying to be less combative. But Ray, I just want you to look at the field of teams that are in the conference championships and identify to me which one of those teams is there because of their running back. <laughs> oh, he did it, Zach Moss. Duh, no, um, <laughs> <laughs> no, well, no, clear, clearly it's not right. Obviously, it would have been it would have been Baltimore. It would have been obviously Tennessee had they had they won. But I will say kudos to all of us. We did pick the right four. <laughs> so we did. Our, we did. our four is in there. So we we did pretty well, if, if I must say so myself. But I do think, but ironically, you still have to run the ball in order to have a decent game. Because once again, we talked about Josh Allen and you know him slinging it all, all over the field. Guess what? If Zach Moss and Singletary can't run the ball, Guess what? They're gonna lose by twenty five points. Like I mean, so you have you have to run the ball. So I, you're right. There's no dominant running back. They have, they have to they have to run the game. They have to run the ball. Just being a smart ass, a eh? because I'm con- I'm contractually obligated to do. But I, I know that you know Ronald Jones. He's there. Leonard Fournette, who's been a beast so far. He's there. Aaron Jones. They're there. They're, they have good running backs. So Bobby, I'm really sorry to cut you off there. For you, you're gonna you were telling me what you think. You already told me what you think Brady needs to do to win. What does Aaron Rodgers need to do? And a caveat, does a win at home at Lambeau in the NFC title game, does it make you think differently of Aaron Rodgers moving forward? No, because I already had a, I already know Aaron Rodgers is Aaron Rodgers. He is the most talented, one of, I keep doing this, he's one of the most talented quarterbacks that we've ever seen. And there's no doubt about that. Like you said, the way he toys with defenses is unlike anything that we've ever seen. To me, what he needs to do to win is go play his ball game. The, the Packers need to go be them. You know what I mean? They need to have the motions that we've been seeing from them all year. They need to have that electric offense we've been seeing from them all year. And if Aaron Rodgers come out and have those turnovers that we've seen him have in those big games, it's going to be trouble for them early. One of my favorite parts of this is predictions because I get to hold you to whatever you say for the rest of your lives and never let you live it down. So, Ray Sean, what is your prediction of this game? So I have Green Bay 31, Tampa Bay 24. 
No, dude. Why would okay? That's I hate it. I listen, I hate it too, but once again So you're going with your head, not your heart. I appreciate it. So thirty one twenty four Green Bay. Yeah. Man, Ray. You really I wanted to go with my head and not my heart too, man. I really did, because I love Tom Brady. I think this is the best story. I would love it to see him go. Breeze, Rogers, Mahomes, and take home the Super Bowl and just have it be like, listen. We talk about Speaker of the House take. That's go dick right on the fucking table. Like, there's nothing you can fucking do about that anymore. I would love to see that story. I just don't know if they have enough to beat this version of Aaron Rodgers, man. We said it before. I think this is the best version of Aaron Rodgers we've ever seen in this offense with this talent. Pretty. I'm going to have to go 30 to 35 28 Packers. No, 35 31 Packers. So I'm going 27-21 Tampa Bay. I think it's going to be a relatively low-scoring game, but I, I'm not picking against Tom. I, I I don't want to. I don't believe in it, even if I did it. I think, for me, he is on a path, and we all know that when he has to prove people wrong, he's on another level. And right now, this is all about shoving it straight up Bill Belichick's ass. He wants to be in that Super Bowl and say, hey, I'm still here. Where are you? How's the couch? What's up, Linda? So I think he's going to be full. I think he's going to be fully on board. AFC title game: the number two Buffalo Bills going against the number one Kansas City Chiefs. Mahomes, he practiced. He was on his way to practicing, so he's going to clear that protocol. It looks like for you, Rayshon. What needs to happen, or what are you expecting out of this game? Don't give me a prediction, but give me the overall feel of what you think is going to happen in this game. Can Buffalo keep it close? I, I can give you all of it in one, but can I do that? Is that okay? Yeah. Yeah, um, I, I think Kansas City. Also, I, I expect a close game until the fourth quarter. Like I think it's going to be back and forth. You know, I think actually I think Buffalo will take a lead early. Like they'll be like seventeen and ten and going into the half. And it was like, man, what's going on with Kansas City? You know, Bobby's going to be in the group chat. Like, man, Josh Allen looks great, guys, doesn't he? And we're going to be like, yeah, I don't know, not so fast. It's not over yet. And then you know they're going to go. Kansas City's going to go on a run, <laughs> just like they did last year. <laughs> like, damn, they really scored. 20 straight or 25 straight like this team is unreal to me like i said it's going to be close but i just think that whoever makes the most plays on really on defense because like i said offense whatever you know they're going to both teams will score but whoever can make the, the stop that they need on defense is going to win in my opinion you know great hot take there but that, that's just how i feel i got kansas city winning 42 28 that's what i was gonna say dude well, we've been around each other a long time, so sometimes we have the same mindset. My brother. All right, you can go, Bobby. All right. So I'm going to go. I think that Kansas City, to me, it's still a question of are they still playing dead? I, I don't think last week was a good indicator of it because, again, Mahomes went out right when they. I thought that they were waking up. I thought they were going to drive down the field and score no touchdown right there, and that was going to be ball game. He goes out, whole different story that entire fourth quarter. I still think they're sleeping Giants. I think we haven't seen the best out of them yet. I, I completely agree that I think Buffalo's going to stay in it for a while, but it's just going to be too much Patrick Mahomes, man. If he can stay healthy, the team is just too good. You know what I mean? Like, I, I want the Bills, again, playing with the head and not the heart here. I want the Bills to go to the Super Bowl so bad. I really do. I think it'll be such a cool story to have the Bills go up and lose the Super Bowl to Tom Brady. I think it'd be hilarious. <laughs> but I don't see it happening. I think the Chiefs win. And I think it's going to be 28-24. Wow, that's really close. Yeah, I'm right there with Ray. I thought this game was going to be something along the lines of 21-10 to in favor of the Bills at halftime. 
And then you just see what we all have come to expect is Mahomes and the Chiefs just put up 30 unanswered. Something like that to make this 42-28 by the end. I think we are destined to see Mahomes versus Brady in the Super Bowl. I think Brady, again, I don't want to turn this into the Tom Brady parade, but to to win three games on the road to play a home Super Bowl game, you, you literally can't write this better. And I'm I'm begging them, I'm begging whoever's out there to just let him get there because I think playing a home Super Bowl, it, 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 the first person to do it should be the greatest of all time, and it should be Tom Brady. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree with that, Mike. Yeah, I put it on Facebook this week. I begged the football gods for this exact a, uh, AFC, NFC championship matchups because it's just like the best we could possibly imagine. But for him to do that, couldn't agree more, man. Couldn't agree more. And honestly, and I know he's not going to do this, but just to me, I, I would. If you go through Breeze, Rogers, and Mahomes, go out on top, Tom. You'll never get a moment like this. You, you know, those three guys and a player I'm, I'm in a row, bro. You, you got to go on top, dog. Like, what is, I'm sorry. What is, as good as he's been looking doing it for him, first of all, he's not retiring until he's 45. TB12, his whole little method, his book, everything. He says he's going to play until he's 45. And I kind of think he'd say, you know what's cool? Like, what about doing that just one more time? Just one more time. Because he could do it. I, I can't imagine what I mean, what would be better than seven rings? Eight going out back to back. Yeah, I I I I guess so, but unless you're looking at what, what is this, WrestleMania 25 or 26, Michaels against Taker, back to back great matches. <laughs> Putting my career on the line type thing. Like, are you kidding me? I, I don't know, man. Breeze, this would be a crazy road, bro. Like, Breeze, Rogers, Mahomes. Like, I just, how do you top that, bro? Like, how do you top that? Unless you say, you know what? I never went 19 and 0. Let me do what I couldn't do before. That's the that's the only thing. But I'm saying that's the only thing that he would that would be left to do is that he's done everything else. And if he wins number seven, once again, he's already the best of all time. But seven, listen, no, no, if he gets seven, there's no one touching that. I'm sorry. Like I said, if he he does this route, it's goat dick. That's all that is, man. If this happens, that's what it is. There's no no more haters. And again, we don't want to turn this into like a TB12 jerk-off session, but like at the same time, it's like, holy shit, like look at what we're actually witnessing here and look at what's actually happening in front of us. And like if he loses this week, fine. He'll come back next year and it'll be the same shit all over again. He'll be right back in the NFC Championship game, and we'll be having this same with, with conversation. Camp. That's what I mean. So it's just like, oh my, it's unbelievable, man. Oh it's my. Unbelievable. The one thing I want to say, because I don't want to go too far down a rabbit hole here, and I don't want our EP to quit. If you just think about the the NFC South, Breeze is gone. His the his, two of his losses are gone from this year, next year. Carolina still doesn't really have a good quarter. Teddy Bridgewater is fine, whatever. Matt Ryan and the Atlanta Falcons, we know who they are. There are nobodies. So he could potentially come back, have a better record, and have a bye. You know what I mean? So he's not hanging it up. I hope he gets to the Super Bowl, and we're, I'm sure we're gonna we're gonna talk to death about that next week and on the live show coming up in a couple of weeks. So to wrap it up real quick, Rayshon, any final words about what you saw this past weekend or what you're looking forward to seeing this coming weekend? No, just looking forward to two great matchups coming up this weekend. You know, I mean, like I said, I, I think you know the four best teams didn't make it because sometimes that doesn't happen. But in this case, the four best teams are there. You know, I'm excited to see how Josh Allen plays in the championship game. You know, I think Allen is probably Mahomes' light. 
in, in, in that regard, you know, we're going to see how he fares against them. And then obviously, like, you know, you're looking at two legends, right? You know, it's icon versus icon. It's just not the sky dome. I'm excited to see, you know, Rodgers versus Brady. And, you know, like I said, even though I picked Green Bay, I'm hoping it's not a friendly day in the neighborhood. Bobby, final word. So I just want all NFL fans to take a step back and look at what we're witnessing this next coming upcoming week is we're looking at possibly maybe the best AFC NFC championship game combo maybe ever when it comes to implica- implica- implications for this league. If I can fucking talk. So we have future quarterbacks, Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes versus the legends, Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers. We have never seen anything like this that I can remember in NFL history. This is the most unbelievable championship weekend. I can't wait for it. I'm just sitting here. I'm giddy just thinking about it. I can't wait. Yeah, there has never been such a visual passing of the torch as there is this weekend and, and what will be in the Super Bowl. You have one way or the other, you're going to have a legend versus a young upstart. One that has already won a ring and is on his way to try to win two, three, four, five, you know, LeBron in Miami, or it's Josh Allen who's going to defy the odds. So I, I, I agree with that sentiment, Bobby. I think just kind of take a step back, take a look at what's happening here because it's not – you might never see this again, especially. And one last thing I do want to say, Drew Brees, hell of a career, man. To do what you did at 6-1 in, in, in a league where 6-5, 6-6 quarterbacks are the ones that are always dominating, you did it for a very long time and for what you did for that city, what you did for the people. No one's going to forget that. But one thing I will say is – you should have won more than one. You needed to. You, 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 one just wasn't enough based on how good you were and how good your coach is or we think he is and how good your offense is. So we are sorry. I'm sorry to see you go. I think it's a great career. I think you are a top 10. I think one more would have gotten you into the top five. But for the real BK, Bob Kelly, Rayshon Buchanan, Craig D'Alessandro, I am Michael Marcangelo saying thank you so much for w- listening to this episode of Missing the Point, and we'll talk to you soon. Introducing the Deep Leadership Podcast. Leadership is a people business. That's the philosophy of your podcast host, John Rennie. As a former submarine officer who spent 22 years leading businesses in corporate America before starting his own manufacturing business, he knows that leadership matters. matters. Deep Leadership is real-world, actionable leadership advice from John and his expert guests. Become a leader worth following. Subscribe today. Electric acid. Welcome to Ringside with Ray and Prince. My name is Ray Leonard Jr. Oh, is that no, that's just my dad. My name is Prince Daniels Jr. Daniels again with a big hole. On this show, we come to humanize athletes, entertainers, business executives. We're going to see what makes them tick. Tuesdays, 10 a.m. Pacific time on Spotify, Apple, Amazon, and wherever you get your podcasts. We'll see you there. Peace and power. Electric acid. Electric acid.